Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome to the Herman London Real Estate Group St. Louis Realtor Podcast, episode number 24. Today is February 26th, 2016. We're live from the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri, and we're going to talk all about assistance. Real estate assistance. Why does a realtor need an assistant? How should they use an assistant? Why do people become assistants? We got all sorts of things to talk about assistance. We're really going to break it down. We have a very special guest here. We have one of Herman London Real Estate Group's assistants. Can I call you an assistant? You may. Okay. And her name is Rebecca Rose. She's live here in the studio with us. And Rebecca, tell us quickly about yourself. Well, Adam, I have been in real estate for about 15 years um, as a broker salesperson. I realized very early on that I did not want to actually sell or list real estate by myself, that I most enjoyed working as part of a team. And so I was hooked up with some agents and started being their assistant transaction coordinator, just working for them um, in a lot of different ways. And I realized that by doing this for them, I got a lot of um, enjoyment and excitement out of watching them grow, out of being part of a team. And throughout the years, I've seen that even just a small amount of help can help agents move from a, a stuck position to a better position in their career. And I've helped a lot of agents see how they can do that. There's there's so much to say about assistance. I love talking about this. I'm always trying to encourage people to get them. So there's different types of realtors, obviously, right? And there's the realtor who is great at sales, loves people, loves to be out constantly talking, talking, making phone calls, prospecting, whatever. And then there's the type of person who likes the transaction and to keep things in order. And like you're saying, you kind of like to make sure there's a good process to things. And what you're saying is that you found pleasure in keeping it all together. Is that right? Or am I putting words in your mouth? No, you're not. That is exactly, I am one of those OCD, super organized people who loves at the end of the day, nothing more than to see files with labels printed on them and to know that every box has been checked, every I has been dotted, and I am never happier than to re-forward an email that proves that I did what I said I did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's awesome. And so there's realtors who are successful. They're making good money. They're doing lots of business. But their lives are, that's all they have, right? They're just, all they do is they work, 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 work all the time. So they're making money. You can call them a successful realtor, but they have no balance in their life. That person needs an assistant, right? Correct. There's a new agent who just got their real estate license and has their first couple deals going. Uh, They might still have a part-time job. And so there's, I mean, at least if you're a Herman London agent, we give our new agents so many things that they need to be doing, you know, like putting themselves on different profiles online, finding different places they can market, finding different meetup groups they can go to and network and writing articles and following up with past clients and getting their database together, all that kind of stuff. And they sort of have to do that. They sort of have to do a lot of things, right? And they don't want to spend any money on an assistant, right? They say, I'll get an assistant once I'm successful or once I make some money or something like that. And it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing. Is it that should they do the get the assistant once they're successful or should they get the assistant to be successful? Well, I think that sometimes you have to take a little risk to get a little bit of reward and getting an assistant, maybe not the first day you get your license, but after you have a few contracts under your belt and you have work, an assistant can actually gain you a little bit more credibility because it makes you look like you have a team. It makes you look like you're serious about this, especially if you're working part-time to have someone fill in the gaps when you're at your job and to show that you have a full-time real estate career on side of maybe whatever else you're doing. Um, But you can hire assistants. I mean, I used to be at a place and have used places where some of them have a minimum of two hours a week. That's not a lot of money out of your pocket to invest, to have someone who's making sure you don't drop the ball, who's making you look a little bit more professional and credible. Um, And then when we get to the people who are these assistants who have, or real estate agents, sorry, that don't have a life, that are spending 24-7 working, you don't want to burn out. You want to kind of enjoy the success that you've built. Mm -hmm. And getting an assistant for those people is... should be a no-brainer for them to try to transfer some of the stuff to these people. Um, I tell agents I work with, figure out how much you want to make a year, figure out how many hours you want to work every week, and 
do some math, and now you know how much you're worth an hour. Would you pay someone that much an hour to make some copies? If you wouldn't, don't do it. Right. Because you should be making that much an hour out listing, selling, showing properties, making the magic that salespeople only they can do. Only they, only you or Adam, when someone wants Adam to show them a house and tell them if it's a good investment or, you know, whatever they're looking for from you, they don't want me to show up. They're going to be like, who are you? So anytime you waste doing things that someone besides Adam could do, that's money out of your pocket. You know, you and I are, we're not biased, right? I'm not trying to be hired by our listeners as an assistant. You're not trying to be hired by our listeners as an assistant. I mean, we just care because we we like the idea but why do we have such a hard time convincing people that you can have someone else put your paperwork together while you're out getting business why do we have such a hard time i think a lot of agents especially because they're salespeople and they have this type of personality where they they don't want to take the time it takes to show someone to do it they feel like that is a waste of time. I could do it in 10 minutes. I'm not going to take 30 minutes to show someone. And I always say, well, if you took the 30 minutes once, think how many times you'd save 10 minutes. Um, and they just don't want to take the time to slow down and do it. And I also think people are afraid of delegation. They think, what if they mess it up? What if they do this? What if they do that? And then some people really are, I mean, you got to be a little egotistical to be a salesperson, to Uh take all those no's, to get the yes. I think they think they can do it better than someone else could. And so why why pass it on? Okay. And you, you mentioned when we were talking before we started recording this podcast today that a lot of times you think that the agent thinks too big. And you didn't mean that in necessarily a good way. You meant it in like, they think, oh, if I hire an assistant, that means I have to have someone here 40 hours a week and pay them a salary and benefits and, oh, my gosh, health insurance and all this kind of stuff. And you make a great point. They don't have to do that. You know, at our office, we have a lady who does assistant work for a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Heidi, you met her earlier. right? And so one of our agents can hire her for a half an hour project if they want to, right? So you're thinking that the agents assume that I can't afford that. That sounds really expensive. They do, and they also don't think about easing into it. You don't have to figure out everything that assistant's going to do for you in one day. Mm-hmm. You could give them. You could start out with project work and say, oh, here's this person. I'm going to give them a half-hour project. I'm going to see if I like them. I'm going to see if I like the work. Mm-hmm. Um, you can start sharing assistance with someone. Right. Some agents have assistants who they would be happy to, for that assistant to give up a few hours to you and you to pay them. Um, there's also online places where you can go. You can place Craigslist ads. There are tons of people who have real estate experience who maybe got out of the business and started to be a stay-at-home mom or, or doing something else, but would pick up a few hours of work trying to help you. You know, a lot of the objections I get when I try to encourage our agents or my friends who are realtors at other companies or whatever, I say, you need to get an assistant. And a lot of times they say, what would they even do for me? It's, the question sort of boggles my mind. And, you know, I have sitting in front of me this long list of things that I made out that, you know, what an assistant could do for you. But... Lately, when I've been doing some business planning with our agents, one of the things I start with, I just ask them, I'm standing at the whiteboard and I say, what have you not been doing? And that's an interesting question because it's like, well, I haven't been following up with my past clients. I haven't added anyone to my database. I haven't been sending my monthly newsletter. I haven't been going to those networking events. I haven't been doing this. I haven't been doing that. And you kind of wonder like, what have you been doing? But they're busy. They're here. They're doing stuff, but they're doing assistant work. They are doing assistant work. And I think, what have you not been doing is a great question. I also, um, when I used to talk to people about this, I would say, here's what I want you to do. I want you to carry around a scrap of paper or a notebook for a couple of days. I want you to write down everything you do. Kind of okay. like keeping a food log, but keep a work log and write down what you're doing. And just put down next to it a, a guesstimate. You think you did it for 30 minutes. You think you did it for 20 minutes, whatever it is. Not only are you going to see you're doing assistant work, but you're going to see what you can give to an assistant. Uh-huh. I think they don't realize, oh, they spent two hours putting labels on postcards. Uh-huh. Or they you know, spent 25 minutes entering a listing into the MLS. But an assistant who does those all the time could have entered it way quicker and yeah. way cheaper than that for yeah. you. Or calling people following up on things, um, kind of things like that. You know, I've done most of this list. I've done these for people. It's also, I think it makes agents look good when they're out in the field to have someone to call and say, Hey, can you see if this house can be shown? 
Mm-hmm. And then they don't have to awkwardly be trying to do it when they're with their buyers. Right. They're like, oh, my assistant's going to look into that. So there's just so many things, but I think agents don't like to slow down. And salespeople are notoriously good at filling up their time with busy work so they don't actually have to try to sell. And they go home that day and they man, I worked all day. I worked all day and I don't know why I didn't sell any houses. And when you say, how many people did you talk to? They can't tell you if they called no, anybody. Call well, they I mean, didn't call anybody. No, I didn't contact anybody. I mean, <laughs> no, but I was at a desk all day doing <laughs> but I admin work. <laughs> I know every single thing that's going on on Facebook. I do. Right? And not even that. I mean, I am much quicker at getting together contract packages and putting them out through DocuSign than any agent I know. So it's just a matter of if they want to sit there and fiddle around with that or spend three hours trying to figure out how to get a business Facebook page up when I already know how to do it. And other assistants do Uh and have done it for people. When you could be on the phone, calling your SOI, contacting people, following up with leads, doing things that only you can do. Um, And I think that's just one of the big problems. They think most of that stuff is stuff only they can do when it's not not true. So you, you made some really good points. Uh, I want to touch back on the thing where they're like keeping track of their time. I wonder if they would even think to write down like spent three minutes forwarding contracts onto the title company and to the lender. You know, they probably wouldn't even put that on their list, but it's on there. They did that that day. Right. right? You know what? You will see sometimes on the list like email for an hour and you have to dig into it. You have Uh to say, well, look back in your sent items. What'd you send for an hour Mm -hmm. and have them kind of read it off to you and then say, so you spent an hour sending emails that either top producer could have done automatically or someone else could have sent for you. Yeah. And then that kind of opens up their head like, oh, you know, it, it just, it takes a while for them to get used to it. Most people have to ease into it, but it's things as simple as flyers. Some agents will spend hours on a flyer they will. when someone else could have thrown it together in 30 minutes, made the copies and delivered it for you. Exactly. And you could have just let it go. But no, but I need to make sure that flyer is perfect. <laughs> what if it's not perfect? Well, then you have someone to blame, your assistant. (laughs) That's a good answer. And probably it's not going to be perfect if you do it because you don't do that all the time, but your assistant does. Right. She knows how to reformat that picture that doesn't fit in the flyer or whatever. Right. She knows how to do all the tricks because she's made more flyers than you've made. Um, But it, it, it is a struggle, but I think maybe seeing other agents have success with it and saying, oh, what are they doing? How'd yeah. those numbers go up? For my very first day in real estate, I had a business partner. He moved here from Florida. We were like a team, right? And he had an assistant when he was in Florida. So from our very first day when he moved up here, we hired an assistant, Jenny. She's a great girl. But So I've always had an assistant. And, and I feel like I'm a little bit biased when we get an agent that joins our company who's brand new or whatever. I'm like, you need to hire an assistant. And now I'm like, uh, what's the word where I f- I'm like tainted or whatever, because I, when I You're say jaded. that, I'm jaded <laughs> because as soon as I say that, I know they're not going to do it because they don't do it. But so, you know, we can talk later about how to give me advice on how to convince people to get an assistant. Maybe I should just have them listen to this. But what do you think is the appropriate time for an agent to get it in like their kind of the growth of their business? Well, that, agents grow so differently and agents have such different um, expectations of what their real estate career is going to bring them. I think, you know, you're, you're really suggesting to your agents right now that they do business planning. Mm -hmm. And I'd say if you are closing probably more than a deal a month and you're ready to grow, you definitely need somebody because you could get caught up in that deal each month. And if you're not getting, you know, it takes 30 days to close something. If you're Mm -hmm. fiddling with this deal all month, then how are you filling your pipeline? Uh, I would say that. But I'd also say that what you're doing here at Herman London Group, by providing someone that's on site that is willing to work on like a fee schedule is huge. That's Uh huge because you can kind of dip your toe in it and be like, hmm, I'll try that out. The dip in the toe in it thing to me seems like the best way for me to convince people because a, you know, we had Heidi make, I, one of the first things I asked her to do is make a menu. Mm -hmm. So it's like her menu of services. So, you know, she'll enter, you're listening to the MLS for X amount of dollars or mail postcards for you for X amount of dollars, whatever. And I'm actually starting to see some results from that where our agents, they're at least thinking about it. They're like, Oh, I thought about having Heidi enter my listing into the MLS for me. But I didn't, but I'm like, okay, at least they are kind of open to the idea. But I'm also, I would encourage anyone who's considering getting an assistant, especially if you've never paid anyone hourly, to maybe hire them for what I would call like a special project on a short term. Right. Because then you don't have to worry about firing that person. You know, you can say, hey, 
can I hire you for 30 days to update my uh, CRM with all my, my database, with all my contacts, my past clients, and all that stuff? And that then that gives the agent the ability to get used to paying someone hourly, right. get used to managing someone, get used to coming in. I, I shouldn't even admit this, but when I first started having an assistant back in the day, you know, she would come in on Friday and be like, so what are your plans for this weekend? What are you doing? You know? And I would literally be like thinking in my head to her, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this or that, whatever. But in my head, I'm like, I just had to pay $3 to tell this lady what I'm doing for the weekend. And, you know, getting used to paying someone hourly was, it took me a while to do that. I think that is hard. When I first started out as an assistant, um, I had a little bit of a hard time with the hourly, mainly because I don't, really like to work hourly. I like to work by the deal. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in Missouri, and I don't know how you feel about this, on both the buyer's agency and the listing agreement, there's a blank of what you can charge your client to pay your assistant. Mm -hmm. And I have taken those fees before as, okay, what do you charge as your buyer's agency fee? $250? I'll close a buyer side deal for you for $250. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we'd have things where if it made it past this much, you still owed me money even if it didn't close. But if it only got, you know, so far in, then it was a wash. Um, So that's something that they can do if they really are worried about money out of their pocket up front is to say, hey, you know what? I'd like to try one deal out with you. I'd like you to close this for me. My buyer's agency fee is whatever, and I'm willing to give that to you if you can get this to the closing table. Okay, so kind of the assistant business model is either the menu thing like I mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. or the hourly thing either on a short-term or longer-term basis. Or specifically in real estate, there's we call them transaction coordinators, right? right? And they'll say, for X amount of dollars, you just mentioned $250. i have heard up to $350, I think. For X amount of dollars, I'll close this deal for you. Right. And now, the, in that case, they're both parties are sort of taking a gamble, right? You are. You, well, I don't know what the agent's gamble is because if this deal closes, the agent I'm wants make that commission. The agent wants the commission, so you know they like, want it to close. And now you have your assistant is your partner in this because they uh-huh. want it to close too because yeah. they want their fee. And you know that's something where I think it is hard to commit to someone. I'm going to pay you X amount of hours a week through the dry season and the good season because real estate is cyclical. It's hard to commit. And I think if you say we're going to pay by the deal, maybe after the project basis, that takes that stress off of the real estate agent of, if you want to come in here and chat with me for 20 minutes, go ahead. You're still getting the same amount of money. If it takes you 20 hours to close this deal or 40 hours to close this deal. So maybe in in that case, you're paying a little bit more per hour, but you're, only paying if the deal closes. And so I guess that's kind of the trade-off. It right? is, and it's money that wasn't your money anyway, especially if you're new to adding those fees. Uh-huh. So some agents okay. don't put those fees on there. Right. So it's kind of free money that's came that you're like, oh, you know what, I'm now that I have this assistant, I'm going to charge this buyer's agency fee. I didn't get it before, so I'm not going to miss it. It's not even part of my commission. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this or a portion of it to my assistant. And... Sometimes the assistant says, you know what? I just made some really easy money because some deals are really easy. And other times the assistant thinks, I barely got minimum wage on this deal because that took forever. So it's just kind of in the end, it's a wash. Everybody's taking a risk on getting the set fee. That's the gamble of it, right? It is. One of the other things I like to mention is that when a realtor becomes a realtor, right? A lot of the people that I interview or that are interviewing me that want to become a realtor, they say, I love houses. I love looking at houses. That's why I want to be a realtor. Or I love sales. I love the freedom of it. I want commission or whatever. That's why I want to become a realtor. Whatever their reason for becoming a realtor is, I think once they get their license, they come here, it's their first day, or they've got their first listing or whatever, they realize, oh my gosh, being a realtor means I have to be a professional graphic designer. I have to be a tech expert. I need to be good at put, strong enough to put signs in the ground. I need to be a photographer. I mm-hmm. need to be good at making flyers. I need to be all these things. And my goal for our realtors is to say, no, you don't have to do all that. You can be a salesperson. And, you know, I always say Herman London, we cater to our agents so they can cater to their clients. So there's a bunch of services that we offer our agents that they don't have to do because of that. But the gaps on that are you need an assistant. There's no reason why a realtor should have to become a Facebook expert. Right. Or even an expert at how to work our copy machine, you know, let somebody else kind of do that stuff for you. So I like to get on my high horse about this That's assistant fine. thing. 
Uh-huh. I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I try to sell it to everybody. I mean, not just because I don't want to work. I don't need the work. I just try to sell it to people because I see how agents change with it. One of the other things that uh, bothers me about realtors sometimes, and they can, people can do things however they want to, but a lot of times there's two realtors that are sort of friends. And one of them is the salesperson type who loves to go out and talk to people, wants to prospect, wants to do whatever. And the other one says, I like to do the paperwork. I like the behind the scenes stuff. And a lot of times those realtors then partner and they Mm -hmm. say, okay, we're going to do this deal 50-50. I think the realtor who's the salesperson is crazy in that particular situation because they go out, they close something, let's call it a $6,000 commission, and they give half of it to their agent friend who's their partner that just likes doing the paperwork. In that case, they just paid $3,000 to someone to do what you would have done for somewhere between $250 and $350, right? So I have made, um, I've been, I've made very good money working as a transaction coordinator for teams before, and I've never made 50%. Uh-huh. So, and I never thought I'd get 50%. So I do, I think it's crazy that you would give that much money to someone who's really just acting as the transaction coordinator. And that is going on all over. As I said, I have my broker's license. Uh I have the ability to do everything an agent can do. Mm -hmm. So I can answer those questions over over the phone for your clients. I can do a lot of those things perfectly legally in Missouri. Mm -hmm. I just choose not to use my license to you know, sell property. So I think that that is one thing that agents do need to think about is when they get the assistant in the beginning, I don't think it matters, but if you're going to use an assistant to fully coordinate your transactions, them having a license is pretty important just to keep you on the up and up legally. And it's nice because they know what they're doing and all they that. They know what they're doing, but just legally, there's so many things you can't do without a license. And it's just, you don't want to be in that gray area. The mindset is interesting to me though, because they will hire their friend, they'll partner with their friend and give their friend half their money, but it's my friend and they need the money and this and that. But then when they want to hire an assistant, somehow that is not even a human to them. <laughs> and it's like $250? I could pay for a week's groceries with that. My son could go to summer camp for that. I could get those shoes I wanted for that. And they start spending your money. <laughs> it's like, come on. You wouldn't have made the money that you made without having this assistant. Or you wouldn't have been able to go out and get that extra deal without having this assistant. You're going to make more money. You are. I've never worked for an agent that it didn't see especially in the first few years, exponential jumps in their sales volume. Exponentially. I mean, it's just, it's, it's huge what you can do when you can be out of the office all day and not worry and just look at your calendar and say, oh yeah, I have a closing this afternoon. Uh-huh. I didn't worry about a thing from the time I wrote that contract, maybe got involved a little bit on a negotiation of a building inspection. But besides that, nothing else was even crossed your mind that whole time you go, you pick up your check. Well, without naming names and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but I'm kind of curious, how have you seen yourself help someone's business or kind of, can you tell a little bit about, about agent X's business, how it, you know, they were selling this much and then they got an assistant and their business grew. Oh, definitely. So when I first started out, you know, I, I did the thing. I went and got my license. I started at one of the big brokerages in town. They put me on phone duty and I realized that I had no idea what I was doing, uh-huh. that I was really scared. And I did not want to write a contract and be where the buck stopped if something got messed up. I didn't know. I didn't know what to tell these people. So I went to the broker and I said, I thought I wanted to be an agent, but I'm not really sure. So maybe I could like be with someone and like be like a mentor or something. And she's like, well, I know an agent who needs an assistant. And I was like, oh, that would be great. I could kind of learn the business. And so I jumped in with one agent and her and I worked together for a little while. She was already a top agent. And so I kind of just helped her streamline things and stuff. Um, And she moved to another brokerage. And then I got put on with two agents that were a team. And we took them, I mean, we probably saw increases. I think when I first started working with them, they were both doing about maybe two and a half million a year. So together about five. And I worked with them for three years before I left the business to have my son. And we took them from about five together to about maybe seven or eight in three years. Um, And one of them was only part-time. And the other one was, she wasn't part-time. She said she was full-time, but her husband was retired and they weren't really like the 100% driven agents. Um, I took a few years off where I worked um, doing some other things just from home. And then when I went back to my most recent kind of more full-time job, um, I took 
an agent and her husband. When I started with them, they were at seven. And when I left, they got um, third in the Midwest and they were at 18 and a half million. Holy cow. Okay. So the, those first people you mentioned that went from about five to, did you say to about eight or so? Yeah, about eight or so. Okay. I didn't know their numbers exactly because when I worked for them, I was doing it more on a deal by deal basis for mm-hmm. both of them. And I also worked for the broker. So I wasn't kind of as invested as like, this team, where am I taking them? Um, I kind of was more of an a la carte assistant for them. When I went on to work for the last team that I worked for, um, you know, it was her and her husband and myself, and we were a team. And um, I'm, I know we ended at 18 and a half million because wow. I remember getting the award. Um, but <laughs> I think when I started with her, she was around seven. Um, and it took, I mean, it took year, a few years. I was there, I think four years. Yeah. Um, but we grew and we grew because she took advantage of what I was offering. I was offering to do in a good way. In, yeah. She took advantage of it in a good way. She didn't stay in the office and say, well, you're here, but I'm going to stay here anyway. Uh-huh. She said, you're here. I'm out there. Okay. And, you know, she Love wasn't that. in the office a lot. It was me. I answered the phones. I coordinated all the transactions. We did, I did most of the listings. The husband did do a chunk of like the listing stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but I did everything from if you got a contract to the time it closed. I wanted her to not be involved. Um, I wanted to handle it. And by letting me do that, it freed up so much of her time and mental space too to just not have all those things rumbling around in the back of her head 24 seven. Like, Oh, did we get that one deadline? Did we get the inspection scheduled? Does this, are we going to do this? Are we going to get the gas inspection? You know, all these things that agents are constantly thinking about when you could in the morning, send an email to someone and say, I thought about all this stuff all night. Could you just let me know? And I can go down and be like, done, done, (laughs) done, done, done. And we automated a lot of her stuff too. I'm really tech savvy, so we brought on top producer. We learned to communicate through it, okay. use it to coordinate everything. You know, I did her Facebook page, we did her website, um, all the marketing for the listing. You know, sometimes you go out to listings, you make a ton of promises. Right. Bring me back the list of promises, and they'll get fulfilled. They'll get done. And I became the person people talk to. You know, I'm kind of the voice of the deal. So I would send them an introduction email in the beginning that said clearly at the bottom, unless you have an emergency, please contact me. Don't, you know, don't contact Kelly unless you have something, you know, that's just crazy or way out of the scope of business hours. Okay. So I've got a lot of things I want to talk about from what you just said. Okay. Okay. So the, uh, first of all, the people that you brought from five to 8 million, just for context, for whoever's listening Mm -hmm. to this, that's a 3 million in sales volume growth, which is around $90,000 in commissions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm sure they got their value out of you. Right. I was right? not making $90,000. You weren't? <laughs> no. You didn't just take all no. the extra profits? Hey, no. they were already making a decent living. <laughs> Probably cra- kind of crazy, though. Then they they made an extra 90000 to split between them. This next one from 7 to 18, that is a rare case, right? I mean, you can take a lot of credit. That agent was just superior, oh, she, too, right? She's an amazing salesperson. Okay. She's an amazing salesperson, um, and she had just gotten to the place around the $7 million mark when you're doing it all alone uh-huh. where you are overwhelmed. Right. And if she was real technologically savvy, um, she probably could have gotten even higher without me. Uh-huh. Um, just using some more systems based. Right. But she was your typical agent who would just come in handfuls of papers. Yeah. I wrote a sales contract. Yeah. <laughs> could you do something with this? Right. And you know, I would go through it all. I'd contact the other agent. I'd contact the buyers, introduce myself, mm-hmm. make sure it was all there. All the boxes are checked. I's are dots, T's are crossed, all that stuff. I turn it into the broker. I deal with everything from there. Right. You know, I'm the one who sends the intro email saying who I am. I'm the one who says, you need to get your inspection scheduled. Here's three people we recommend, or you can use whoever you'd like, you know, keep us legal. We don't want to tell you who to use. I'm the one who makes sure that the title and survey came back, that we've reviewed it. If we're going to make, we're going to send the title and survey form if we have an issue. You know, all those things that some agents don't even think about. I mean, I've worked with agents where I'd say, where I sent you the survey. You didn't send me the form saying you had an issue and your 15 days are up. They're like, what? I'm supposed to look at that? What? There's supposed to be a form? And I was like, oh, yeah, there was. <laughs> and since you let the time pass, we don't have to fix it. Right. And there would be agents that would be crying into the phone. Say, but I didn't know and this and that. And I'm like... 
I'm really sorry, you know, our sellers sent you what they were supposed to do. And per the terms of the contract, you were supposed to do this. We thought you were okay with it. Oh, you're talking about the other agents from the other side right. of the deal. Yeah, and I would deal with the other agents. If the other agents had issues or needed things, I would track down paperwork. You know, all yeah. the things that not only do agents not want to do it, most agents I know are not good at it. Right. They that's, should, that's the different personality type. They're right? just not good at it. It's, you know, making sure that the, all the wording in the inspection notice is what you really want, that you're mm-hmm. going to provide receipts and you're going to provide lien waivers within three days of closing. And actually, three days before closing, making sure you have them, not yes. just saying it. Uh-huh. You know, things like that where agents shouldn't have to, they should be the, the happy one, right? The one who shows the house, sells the house, shows up at the final walkthrough and gets a check. And there's a lot more that goes into it, and they're probably not doing it, and that's a good point, you know, and that's why they need somebody like you. They're not doing it, and they've gotten lucky on deals, and it's the deals where something something was wrong, wrong, and they never realized that when they send that title commitment, you're supposed to read it. Uh Um, There's agents just who didn't even know. I've heard agents before being like, oh, if I could count the number of refrigerators I had to buy for people. I never knew what they meant by that, because I guess because I've always either had my stuff together or I've had an assistant. Uh, I've never yes. had to buy anyone a refrigerator. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> well, if you didn't add it in the contract and at the final walkthrough it's gone and you told your buyers it was going to stay, yeah. you're buying a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. I just don't do that. you know. So it's just the crazy concept to me. But I think that's that's sort of a great metaphor for what an example of agents are missing, right? If they're... Oh, absolutely. I mean, things as simple as agents getting, you know, something, an addendum to a seller's disclosure and not remembering to give it to people uh-huh. and get everyone's signature on it. Yeah. Those are things that can cost you a lot of money down the road if people find out that that happened or something occurred and you just either didn't know because you don't have that much experience or... It slipped through the cracks because you just have too many things going on. You you talked about coming in and an agent being able to come in and basically put the listing paperwork on your desk and the, and then you just run with it. Maybe a brand new agent should get an assistant, but they should do more marketing stuff for them. The brand new agent should stick up with their stick with their paperwork stuff for a little bit just so they even know what they're doing. Right. And then eventually they should use their assistant to do the stuff like you just mentioned. Putting not only just putting in the MLS, but making sure all the paperwork's there, forwarding the title survey work order, communicating with the title company, communicating mm-hmm. with the other agent, and they can kind of like grow into that type of relationship. Because I was thinking, I'm like, ah, an agent will never know how amazing it is to be able to come in like I did today. I got a listing last night. I came in today. I was like, here, Jerry. Jerry's, you know, our my main assistant. And here, Jerry. And I don't have to worry about anything else. It's a beautiful right? thing. And I probably wouldn't realize how lucky I am if I hadn't gone through doing this all myself for a while. Right. Right. I think you need to do it for yourself, a lot of it for yourself. One, because you may be training an assistant. So uh-huh. you shouldn't have an assistant who knows more than you do. And right. then it gets roles get reversed. But I think that look forward to the time. Be planning for the time. Have it in your business plan mm-hmm. where you say, I am going to turn over all, maybe you turn over the listing paperwork first. And yeah. you say, I'm going to turn over all listing paperwork within X amount of time. And then I'm going to turn over all sales paperwork within X amount of time. Okay. I think that that's something to shoot for because eventually your goal is to be on listing appointments and showing houses all day. Exactly. And that's why they maybe should still get an assistant up front, but that assistant should be doing stuff like if they want to be Mrs. Richmond Heights, right? Then they can have their assistant finding all the opportunities to network in Richmond Heights and all the opportunities to advertise there and, you know, all the for sale by owners, put a list together for them and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've called for sale by owners before. I've looked in Craigslist for things before. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do to fill an assistant's time that they can help you get your name out there, market. And so if they, we, we talked a little bit about overcoming the fear of delegation. And so if they start with somebody who's doing little behind the scenes things for them, they build a trusting relationship and then they get to the point where they're comfortable delegating. You know, I'm guessing that these people, when you first started working for them, they weren't like, here's every password I have. Here's my bank accounts. Go with it, girl. No, that is not how it started, but it did get to towards the end of time where the end of the time that I was there where I did know all those things. Uh I do have all the credit cards. I do know the last four of your social security number and your mother's maiden name. (laughs) And I know all those things. And 
I, I, you build that trust over time. You build the yes. trust. Yes. Mm-hmm. We started in the beginning where I handled little bits and pieces and, and there was micromanaging in the beginning. Right. There was a lot of, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do mm-hmm. this? What about this? Did you check on this? Oh, I did this already. So you don't need to do it. And we built the trust over time where she learned, oh no, she's got it handled. Because you had to learn how to be an assistant, right? How to communicate. Right. And she had to learn how to have an assistant, right? I mean, that's kind of all Definitely. What would you say are some tips for the best way to communicate with your assistant? If I'm a realtor, I've never had anyone work for me before. Heck, I just quit my job where I was, you know, working at the restaurant as a waiter. And now I have this person who works for me. What are some tips for how I can best communicate with that person? I am big on having everything in writing that we've decided on. So if if you're going to do something small like a project, spend the time with them, you know, 15, 20 minutes to write out what you expect, what the expectations are. Here's everything I expect you to do. Here's how long I think it'll take. Uh Here's how much I'm willing to pay you. Here's when I think it'll be done. Right. Here's when it needs to be done by. Um, Here's what I'm going to get to you. Here's my part of the project. I promise to give all these things to you and you promise to give me this finished item by this day. Um, And then I think... You have to just be really open. Like if you're not happy with something, tell them. I would rather someone say, hey, you know, you did this flyer, but this isn't my style or I don't like it like this or you made these typos and typos drive me crazy. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, say it up front because no one's going to be 100% perfect from day one. You might have to expect a few little growing pains while they learn your style, but don't give up on them instantly. So have the guts to tell them that you're not happy and right. give them a chance to fix it. Have the guts to be the boss. You're the boss. Uh-huh. Say, you know, you did this. Here's what you did that was great. Here, not so much. Uh-huh. Next time I give you a project, here's how I need it to look. And then the next time, give them the chance. If they continue to make the same mistakes, obviously look for someone else. But I, I see people give up on assistance too quickly or expect mm-hmm. something from assistance that it takes a little while. You have to have this relationship that it needs to build. And then it gets weird and they sort of stop returning phone calls occasionally and the assistant wants to be paid and they take a couple extra days longer than normal, right? And It gets awkward and, you know, it builds up. Like it builds up in your head. Like every time you saw her, you were thinking, why am I paying you to ask me this? You know, uh-huh. you yeah. don't want that stuff to build up and then all of a sudden there's an explosion over something small because you've really hated these 10 other things that they've done. And I think assistants should be professional enough that they should be able to say, oh, yeah, I'm sorry I messed that up or... Oh, I didn't know that wasn't your style. Could you show me what is your style? Uh Like, could you give me some flyers you like or show me something you like? If they're not willing to work with you, then they're not a good assistant. Most Mm -hmm. assistants should say, oh, well, that's how I've always done flyers. I like them that way, but show me what you like. So I guess you have to give the assistant a chance to sort of get to know you and your communication style and all that stuff, right? Correct. And, And even though I have closed hundreds of deals. I've closed them the way other agents wanted them closed. Uh I've sent things other agents wanted sent and done things certain ways. I'm going to need to learn how do you like to do things? How do you like to communicate with your clients? What do you want to know about? Do you want to really hear every detail or do you not want to hear every detail? You know, I've found that certain systems, you know, I've used Top Producer. I know there's other ones are great for note taking. You put in the notes of what you've talked to about with the client. I put in the notes of what I've said. If the client calls in, either one of us can pull it up and say, oh, I see that Adam has already told them this. Yeah. We want to be on the same page Uh with this situation. Or you can do the same and say, oh, I see they just called Rebecca yesterday and she told them this. So it makes it look like the two of you are always together in what's going on. But that takes some time. I mean, you have to build trust. You have to build systems. Systems are important if you're going to use an assistant. You cannot kind of systems fly and by. processes, systems and processes that you can both agree on and share, because if you're flying by the seat of your pants, you can't expect them to just be underneath you grabbing things no, and never drop on. anything. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I found that communication is crazy important. So I'm always CCing Jerry in on emails that I write. So she knows what's going on. Right. too. And I love that Jerry will write me and be like, Hey, what's going on with this deal? And then I'm like, well, weren't you at, listening last night at seven thirty when I took the phone call and that deal died or got accepted or we need an inspection. It's like, no, I guess I had to communicate that. With right. You, you know, so the communication part's important. You mentioned earlier that when, I guess this was after you'd grown into a strong relationship to this person, when you, when she got an accepted deal, you would send an intro email to the other agent. Mm-hmm. And what would it say? Basically, 
I'd Don't say Don't call hi. her anymore. Call me. It would. It would say, hi, my name is Rebecca Rose. I'm the transaction coordinator for this team. I see that we just have an accepted contract on this address. Uh-huh. I've reviewed the file. Here's what we're missing. Here's uh-huh. what I need from you. Good. Please review your file. Let me know if there's anything I've missed, anything that you are missing from me. And from this point on, if there's any questions, concerns, anything you need, please contact me. Um, at any time. Um, Kelly is no longer really, I tell the other agent, I would never tell the client, but the Mm -hmm. other agent, Kelly really doesn't deal with this process. Uh So, you know, you got to call me. Don't email Kelly. Don't leave Kelly voicemails. Don't send her text messages. If it's not with me, then I can't, (laughs) I can't manage it. Basically. I think I said it a little bit better than that in the email, but I had a lot of canned emails that went out to people just letting them know that I'm taking over now please, or have your assistant contact me. You know, if you're doing a deal between two big agents, sometimes it's just the two assistants get together and we figure out everything. Okay, so we've identified that, I'll just call her Kelly, you keep calling her Kelly. Kelly would write the contract or get Mm -hmm. the listing and you would do everything from there. What point would she get back involved? Would she negotiate the inspections? Yes, I am not an inspection negotiator. So I would... Coordinate the inspection. We'd make sure the ins- all the correct inspections occurred. We're talking uh, about with the buyer now? Right, with the buyer. Um, or even with the, with the listing, with the seller. I'd make sure that they knew the people were coming. Uh-huh. Make okay. sure they understood if they were doing a radon, you know, don't open your windows. So I coordinated all that mm-hmm. with whichever side of the deal we had. And then she would step back in and be the one who would go over the report or go over the notice and just advise. She had a lot more experience in that realm than I did. And I think the clients do need to see their face reappear Uh and kind of say, I'm, I'm the expert here. Uh Let me show you or tell you what was going on. Um, once they had come to a conclusion about what was needed, then I would get it all typed up. You would actually write the inspection notice. She would tell me what they wanted. Uh I would get it all typed up, get it in DocuSign, send it over. With all your kind of CYA language. Right. All the, yeah, because that's my job. And so I would say, please review. Let me know if this is what you agreed on with Kelly. Um, If it is, sign it. If it isn't, let me know and I can edit it. We'd get that together. I'm the one who's watching the date, making Uh sure we're getting it to the seller on the correct amount of time. Okay. Um, If we had the seller, we'd be waiting for it. Um, kind of keeping the seller calm, saying, well, they have until this day to get us the inspection, right, so right. don't worry about it. Over-communicating. You know? Yeah, over-communicating. I'm a big over-communicator. Which she would never have, have time to stop and think to remember to do. Right, and I'm also, uh, in real estate, I'm really big on the paper trail. Uh-huh. So you love the paper trail. I, I do love the paper trail. I've never had a phone conversation with a client or another agent that I've not followed up with an email that summarized that to say, yes. this is what we just spoke about. If I have misunderstood anything, please let me know right away. I will take, if you do not respond back, that this is all true. Uh-huh. Because I've had too many phone conversations that later people come over and say, Wait, you didn't call me. You didn't say that. This didn't like, occur. Oh, yes, yes, no, did. no, I have this email that I sent you that said that this is all the things we talked about. Um, and then also... A lot of things most agents don't watch is after you've sent that inspection notice, you have 10 days to come to full resolution Uh of this notice. Right. There are agents that will let it sit if it behooves them Mm -hmm. and not sign. And if you don't come to a resolution and you don't withdraw, you've kind of accepted it without accepting it. (laughs) So these are dates that I'd watch and I I would keep her in the loop. I would say, hey, you know what? We're on day eight and we haven't resolved it yet. She would probably get a lot of emails from you. Right. But you made it so she didn't have to get a million emails from other people. Right. She would get emails from me. And and we were in an office together. So when she was come in, there would I'd have a list of things. Like basically top five things you need to know today. Okay. Here's what you need to know today. We're on day ten of this inspection notice and it has not resolved. What do you want to do? And she could jump back in and be like, Oh, let me see. Let me see if the buyers definitely need to have that or what's going on. Okay. Um, or some, you know, things would come up crazy on other things. We've had I was in the business for a long time. You see a lot of crazy stuff. You know, over the weekend, the house flooded, the vacant house flooded. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? We need yeah. to write something up. We need to do this. We need to do that. And she would kind of jump in and help there. But I wanted to keep her out of the, the minutia of stuff. But then she would go to the closing. She would go to the closing so listing, um, with closing gift that I bought. Closing. Really? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I need to get Jerry to do that. I'm really bad at remembering yeah. to bring the closing I'd always gift. ask her the week before closing, here's who's closing. We had standard closing gifts or some people she wanted something specific for. And she would say, we want this, we want that. I'd make sure it was either it was there or at their house. Whose idea was the standard closing gift? 
Um, it was her idea. Really? Yeah. I was going to give you full credit no, for that. No, she, um, we changed it every now and then, but she would get things in her head that she really liked uh-huh. as a closing gift. And we would have a bunch of them just in the office wrapped, ready to go. That's and so, smart. But I would smart. schedule the closing. It would be on her calendar. She would get a text message reminder because, you know, Google will do that. Send mm-hmm. the little text message reminder. Reminder, you have a closing today at, you know, one o'clock. Yes. And, but then I would be the person that made sure that things funded, worked with the title company to know when the keys could actually be transferred, make sure that they had all their numbers and everything was kind of moving slowly. Make sure sellers know that they have to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I was curious about this. Do, do you think that she sort of talked about you on her listing presentation or when she was meeting with the buyer? or So she said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to give this to Rebecca. And you're going to hear from her. Right. She didn't. Because I, I think that's something I probably need to work on is being like, I do have an assistant and this is their role, you know. She played me up as actually superhuman. I was... Which she, is true. You yeah, are superhuman. It is, no, it's not actually true. But she would tell people all the time, I have an amazing assistant. Her name is Rebecca. You'll probably get an email today. If not, first thing in the morning, please know that you can ask her anything. She knows everything about the contract. She'll, mm-hmm. she'll help you through all this. She'll send you the email because I would always send buyers emails that summarize the contract because I know that they've just signed a lot of papers. We buy and sell houses every day. You right. forget how emotional and stressful it is. Mm-hmm. So I would send them something that said, Oh, thank you. So I'm hope, glad you found a house you love. Here's what you need to know. And I would give them little bullet point dates. Okay. Here's when you have to have that little weird insurance contingency. doesn't really mean much, but make sure you can insure the house. Cause if you yeah. can't, we need okay. to know. Here's when your loan commitments do. I've mm-hmm. already sent the packet to your lender, but get him everything he asks you for. Please yes. be timely. Okay. Here's when your inspection notices do. Here's the inspectors we recommend. If you'd yes. like to use your own or use the Ashley website, do this. Here's the day we're going to close. Yeah, totally see why. Um, here's the day we're going to close. Um, I'll get back to you about scheduling stuff, but start looking at your calendar, see what's going to work for you. Right. Know that you know as buyers, we want to be there as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, just things like that, but kind of took the eight pages of legalese that they just signed because you told them to right. and summarized it into... Here's the dates to put on your calendar. Okay. I'm going to remind you of all these again. <laughs> we use something like that. We call it, we have an accepted contract. Now what? And right. it kind of goes through a lot of that stuff. That's a good idea. Maybe you and Jerry should talk. Get some more <laughs> updates to our processes. Uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about with assistance? You know, I just think it can't hurt you to try it out. I think your idea of the projects is such a good idea. And giving assistance that menu is a great idea or not assistance agents that menu is Uh a great idea because it kind of helps them say oh i see i see that i see that um besides that you know they have to decide if they're going to take their career seriously and that's right serious people have people helping them they're not doing it all by themselves i know what i was going to say earlier and we're already going way over this is probably our longest podcast to date but i love talking about this and i love you too so i'm glad to have you here but uh i love talking about this too i could talk about this forever one of the things that i like about having an assistant and i think anyone would benefit from this is that if you hire an assistant you're going to work at least when they're working right so jerry here she works nine to four if i'm at home still and it's nine i'm feeling guilty i'm like Jerry's there working. I should be there working, you know, or I should be doing something work related. I don't have to necessarily be at the office. I think that's good for agents, especially if they're trying to build their business and maybe they're having a hard time, like staying motivated or whatever. If they have an assistant, let's call it a 10 hour a week person. They a have to think of things for that assistant to do. So now they're thinking about their business and they're coming up with ideas on how to grow it. And B, they're probably going to be there working at least you know, at the beginning while their assistant's working. So I think that's true. And I think an assistant can be a good accountability partner. Right. I mean, I had no problem saying, why are there no listings on the listing board? Like, why do we have like six listings? Six uh-huh. listings is not good. This phone, what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, yeah. You need to go get a listing. And she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize our inventory was that low. Or if I, cause I would do her listing presentations. So I'd make them for her. Uh-huh. I would ask her what happened on that listing. Do you have paperwork for me? Did yeah. you get it? And if she said no, I'd say, well, when are you going to follow up with them? Do you want me yeah. to send them a note? What do you want me to do? Yeah. Like just a little bit of the push of someone else knew you, knows you went on that listing call. Uh-huh. And someone else wants to know what happened with that listing right. call. They told you they're interviewing someone else. When are they interviewing them? On mm-hmm. Wednesday? Okay, well, on Thursday you should call them. Yeah, what are we going to do? I'm going to make a, a thing for Thursday, and I'm going to ask you on <laughs> Thursday about it. You know, just things like that are buyers. 
you know, I, I know you went and you showed all those houses the other day. I would a lot of times put together her showing plans for her and like print out the map, call and make uh-huh, all the appointments right. in a row and yeah. tell the buyers where to meet her. And then I'd say, well, what do they think? What do they think of that one house that looked really cute that you liked? You know, are they going to make an offer or what are they going to do? Uh-huh. Um, and I think having that little bit of accountability to someone or having me ask about a buyer, you might say, oh, yeah, I haven't talked to them since I showed them those houses on Saturday. I should, I should call them. I should call them, yeah. <laughs> and see what's up with them. That's, it's their birthday today. Heck, I should tell them happy birthday. Right. And because especially once you are paying them so many hours a week, you, you have a team. You're a team together. Uh-huh. Even yeah. five hours or 30 hours, that's your teammate. And they're going to, you know, hopefully you're going to have the kind of assistant who asks you those types of questions. By the way, that one of the things you mentioned is one of my favorite things for anyone that's going to hire an assistant to do is have that assistant schedule your showings for you. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. You have to type in all the addresses and then print them all out and then schedule them all and then type them into a route optimizer to optimize the route and then type them into your GPS again, right? It's just annoying, and that's one of the best things that someone could do for you because it's stressful. Like, did we did we schedule that showing? I don't know. And sometimes I'll be showing one person properties for a few hours and then run back to the office and then have to go show someone else. It's amazing to just come back and get my little stack of papers with everything written on there exactly how I like it. And, you know, here's your showings. They're all scheduled, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we had a whole system where I'd scan it in. It would go straight to her email she could open it up on her ipad flick through it all we had it all set up and it's also nice while you're out showing people she would walk into a house and say hey we drove by a house on this street it's for sale call and find out if we can see it in like 10 minutes oh yeah so then she could walk in that house and focus on showing them and then say oh you know what my assistant did get that appointment we're going to go right down the street and see that other house that's instead of her standing in the kitchen awkwardly making a call while they look around she can jump on the phone with me real quick and say, we saw this or we saw this or, mm-hmm. you know, call so-and-so and see what this is about. Or, you know, we see a, we see a for sale by owner. Call that for sale by owner and see if we'll get in. If we yeah. can, send me an um, authorization to show that uh-huh. I can get them to sign on my iPad. Just stuff like that that makes it so they're not trying to do those things with the client standing right there. Like, it. can we get in there? Okay, for the next hour of the show, we're going to continue talking about what assistants could do for you. I could could do this forever. I used to sell virtual staffing. I've been an assistant. I love being an assistant. Being an assistant is probably one of my favorite things. I love helping anyone, not just real estate agents. I love helping any type of small business owner, entrepreneur, whatever, do what they want to do. And you do a great job. And we appreciate you here at the Herman London Real Estate Group. You're We're the lucky best to appreciator you. ever. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate appreciating people. So I guess we'll wrap it up. For anybody who's listening that has questions or wants us to dive into something deeper, you know, obviously we'd love to just keep talking about this. Um, email us, podcast at hermanlondon.com. And let us know what you want us to talk more about because we're going to try to be diving deep into these different topics. And maybe we'll do a whole show on what an assistant could do for you. I mean, we could probably do a whole show on that intro email that you sent, you know, because we can get detailed. About I'd be happy like that, to tell anybody how I would do it, how I would set it up. You know, I can set up action plans and checklists forever. The thing is, you're going to have to get with your person uh-huh. and make it work for you. Absolutely. But I love helping people use an assistant and helping the assistant see how to work with that person. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Take care.